Hey guys, welcome to season three, episode seven. So excited about today's conversation with Miles Levine. I'm really excited about today's episode because it explores something that I haven't experienced, which is having epilepsy as a teenager. I, I can't even imagine just because, and it's a very common experience, but it's just something that I'm like, oh, how being a teenager is hard enough. And then you add epilepsy on top of it. Miles even created a short film and is working on the longer version too, that's coming out just to highlight that and showcase and like, again, just talk about it, just getting it out there in the world. Also got with me, if you're on YouTube, you can see my, uh, my service dog, George. I didn't get him and tending him to be a service dog, but he has it. So I got really lucky. And I also trained him with a regular dog trainer and then trained him on my own for uh, the seizure stuff, which is legal. It's all legal, I promise. And I've gotten a lot of questions from people like, what does your service dog do? And actually, that's one of the legal questions in public people are allowed to ask you. So there's first of all, there's two legal questions people can ask you. One is, is that a service dog? And the second question is, what is that service dog trained to do? Those are the only legal questions anyone can ask you. And my response is yes, he's a service dog. And was he trained to do? He responds to me when I have my seizures. And that's very vague to be out. But like when you're out in public and you're like, I don't, you know, want to tell you all my deep, dark secrets. I just want to do it on a podcast. <laughs> I, I get one of those leashes that wraps around my waist, but he has walked me home after having uh, seizures because I don't know where I am. And he knows the neighborhood so well that he's literally just like gotten me home. And the other thing that he does is while I'm having a partial complex seizure, he licks my face and gives me kisses, which technically is what is supposed to happen while while someone's having uh, that type of seizure, you know, if ever, if you've ever been in the hospital and had one, a lot of times nurses will come in and say like, what color is the sky? What day is it? What year is it? Who's the president? George can't ask those questions. <laughs> He's not that good, but he does keep me alert. It's that, that is the whole purpose is just kind of keep, you know, someone having a seizure um, a little bit more aware. And then it's also really comforting when I have a seizure that he is there when I come to. So yeah, if you have any other questions, just shoot me a DM and we can talk about it. Um, oh, and I'm also wearing the um, Epilepsy Strong shirt that I love. It is from the Living Well with Epilepsy Etsy shop. And again, I, I've worn it before. This is not a paid promotion. I just really love this shop. And I asked Jessica Smith, if she, I was like, do you want to do a promo code for it for listeners? And she was like, totally. So there's a promo code and the URL in this podcast episode description. If you want to check it out, you get a 15% discount. Before we get to it, I want to talk about this week's fave of the week, which is the Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago. I am choosing this one because it is near and dear to my heart. It was very hard for me to go to my first event because I was so nervous about it. Like I have, I have epilepsy now and I'm going to this thing and it's technically about my thing. And, and I showed up to the walk and just, I felt so at home immediately. Everyone was so warm and welcoming and it's been nothing but that way since. And it's been really fun to get more involved with them and just feel like I'm a part of a community. 
there is an event coming up on November 4th called Casino Night. There's no slot machines or bright lights or anything like that. It's really fun. Lots of uh, gambling tables, but you're not really gambling. It's like gambling with raffle tickets to get these awesome raffle items. I'm just really excited about it. So the link is in the description below if you would like to attend. Um, and I'll see you there if you do. At our epilepsy fan of the week who wrote a comment on YouTube. Thank you so much. We love these comments on YouTube. It's just like, oh, we're seen. Uh, it says, love you guys. Thank you for doing your podcast. It really helps me deal with my own journey. W from YouTube. And thank you so much for saying that. That is literally why this podcast is here is to help people on their own journeys. So we're really stoked that this is helping you. And we'd love to hear from you if you feel the same. And of course, thank you to Norellis and SK. You guys are the bomb. Thank you so much for, you know, not only being sponsors, but being a part of the What the F family and propelling this podcast into what it is and to being its own like support for other people. And it's just been amazing to get these conversations out there. And thank you so much, Norellis and SK for making it happen. Okay, guys, here's the conversation with Miles Levine. Hey guys, welcome to What the F. I am so excited about our guest today, Miles Levine. Miles is a filmmaker living with epilepsy, which is just an amazing description to begin with. And he has a short film called Under the Lights, which features a boy living with epilepsy and what that high school experience is like. It's incredible. The link to it is in the description if you want to go check it out, which I definitely recommend you do. Um, it's won awards. Like one of them was the Tribeca Film Festival, Untold Stories fan favorite of 2022. So congratulations, Miles. It's absolutely amazing. It's so awesome to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. So um, what I want to dive into first is a question. I'm sure you get a lot, but I just want to know, we know as as a, an adult now living with epilepsy, why did you choose to focus on the teenage experience in your short film? I chose to focus on on this experience because I feel like there's something really universal about a time in your life when lots of rites of passage are happening. Hmm. And for a lot of people, it's those rites of passage that sort of give you an acknowledgement that your life is moving forward. And for a lot of people with disabilities, you know, uh, at that time, those opportunities are denied to you. And it's really easy to feel left behind and to be left out. And everybody understands that experience, whether you have a disability or not. Feeling left behind, feeling ignored, feeling looked over. And I felt like that was a really good opportunity to talk about something universal because you have the opportunity where you could just say, oh, it's it's about seizures. It's about epilepsy exclusively. And you know, the, the core audience of people who are just like me are going to get it. But the idea is to have common ground where everyone else gets a sense of what it's like and wow. relates. And then that's how we sort of move forward with the, the conversation that we struggle with so much as, as a community. I mean, okay. So 
that just hit my teenage self is like, I feel seen. And mm-hmm. I didn't have epilepsy as a teenager. So, but that whole like feeling overlooked and, you know, um, and how it can be magnified with a disability is, I mean, it's just something that again, I, I wish I, and thank you for bringing this to our attention. Cause it's just something that as an epilepsy advocate, I'm like, okay, I need to pay more attention to this. Like, this is huge. Um, cause I'm thinking about like, driver's licenses and going off to college and things that other guests have talked about um, as these, you know, milestones, rites of passage, as you say. And, and now as an adult, like I, you know, I can't drive legally. um, And I can only imagine what that would feel like as a teenager. Is that something like, are those the rites of passages you're referring to? What, what comes to mind? Like, yeah, there's, there's that. And there's smaller ones like, um, you know, uh, just being out late, you know, uh, yeah. being out with, with your friends without parental supervision, doing mm-hmm. something stupid, you know, <laughs> I never had that opportunity to just, yeah. to just be stupid. And it, there's something magic about that yeah. to have those experience. I'm not recommending it, you know, I'm no, not, I'm not I, saying I know what you mean. Should, should act out, but, yeah. but having a story of things that you've experienced, it's like the, is the things that you look back on. And there's something that they're about, and I, I focus on this and, and we'll talk about this later, but the expansion of the short, which is this idea of, you know, what if th- this is all there is to life? When you have a, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people with epilepsy do this thing where they, they look forward and it's just a big question mark. What are you, who are you going to be in five years? What are your goals? You don't know because you don't know what tomorrow is going to be like. So what's happening right now today feels really important. Missing out on really small things feels really important because you say, what is my story? What am I going to look back on? I'm missing everything. So for me, I spent my young adulthood, my childhood, you know, pretty much like my, my infancy in a doctor's office. I mm. went to doctor's offices rather than sleepovers and parties and mm. stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I didn't really go to friends' houses past 5 PM. And so oh. I went immediately from having as close to, as close to a normal childhood as I could possibly have to just being an adult. And I missed everything in between and even of mm-hmm. course my adulthood is is has differences but that was constantly on the forefront of my mind so it was really important to be able to do things like go to prom these little milestones that sometimes yeah. we overlook but are universal things that everyone values if i could have a moment like that i was gonna you know damn well go and get it because it's only going to happen once yep it makes me normal it makes me um it makes me like everyone else and if i lose that it's yet another blank space in my development as a person it's yet another missing chapter in my personal story and as you become an adult more and more and more you get asked who you are oh my god people say 
feel like what are you, you are hitting me hard. These are like all like like wonderful <laughs> gut punches. I'm just like, yes, and yes, that's so true. Oh my god, yes. Like like this is my now, you know? Like yeah. the you know, holy cow. Yeah, you do get asked, you know, who are you? How would you describe yourself? All of those things. Yeah, more yeah, and more. And it's more. really tough when you don't know, you know. It's really tough when you don't know. Well, I think to the point of, you know, like you said, like the missing out on things and you do miss out on a lot um, with epilepsy. And I think that that because you miss out, you feel like there's there's some there's some character development that like happens. It can only happen at home you know, yeah. like you can't, cause you can't go anywhere and you can't go out. And like, I think about in my experience as an adult, as a, someone in their late thirties, like it's easier to not go out, you know, yeah. late because most of my friends are home with, you know, anyway, like we get old, you get old. And, you know, I, you know, <laughs> we all joke, we're like, I can't believe we used to, you know, go out at like 1030 at night. And that's an experience that while I had some reckless years, in there, uh, in my twenties, I'm, I'm still like, wow, I, I got kind of lucky though, because like, you know, if I, if epilepsy had hit me earlier, I wouldn't have had those, you know, those, those stories or those funny moments or bad decisions. Um, you know, which like, are they're weird. They're like weird things to be grateful for. It's, um, it's, I mean, I, the better, the bigger term here, the, the overarching theme is just autonomy is having autonomy, mm -hmm. but it is a trade-off because I have never known it any other way. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't have memories past the age of four or five when it started. So, so I have never known it any other way. So, you know, that timeline starts a lot earlier for me, but on the flip side, when, when a diagnosis hits later in life, and you've set up a narrative for yourself of this is who I am and where I'm going and what I want to be. And then suddenly that gets, you get a punch in the face that says, nope, not anymore. <laughs> and you have to reinvent that. And that is truly, truly scary. Yeah. Truly, truly scary. And I'm, you know, I'm, I, I have whispers of that. <laughs> you know, I get whispers <laughs> of that sometimes. It's part of, it's part of aging, but it's, and it's normal, you know, the midlife crisis is pretty universal, but, um, mm -hmm. but I know people who are diagnosed, you know, in their fifties and sixties and it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's terrifying. Who am I? A big part of living a fulfilling life is being able to answer that question of who you are and, um, what you stand for, where you've been and where you're going. Yeah. And epilepsy forces you to to redefine that. And it puts a lot of uncertainty into that mix. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. so, and there's, I think that's what's so beautiful about your short film, um, which by the way, guys, is turning into a feature film, which Miles explained to me, feature means long version, because I don't know anything about film, but like the, the, the big, the big version, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, because I've still got a few more questions for you, but yeah. Um, how, with the main character who is a teenage yeah. boy, how much of that was your story, um, in there? Because it's a very vulnerable piece. Like get ready if you haven't seen it gear up, but this is vulnerable. This, this hits home. And these aren't just emotions that teenagers experience. I definitely related to it as well, but just in that vulnerable high school setting, I think was pretty, 
um, impactful. But yeah, yeah, so how much of that character was you or is you? Yeah, well, really the whole process of the whole thing it is my coming of age experience. I crafted my own, you know, having knew, knowing that I would miss out on so many other things. I got interested in filmmaking in, you know, um, like the later part of high school. And it provided me this outlet where I could, um, I could develop a sense of pride and a, a self story of like, this is, this is who I am. I'm, I'm someone with, I got a plan, you know, I'm going to, I found something that I want to get good at and other people think it's cool. And, and this is, you know, this is a path for me, which then created a lot of confusion in my, in my family of like, how's this going to work out? <laughs> um, and only over the court, sort of maybe like the last year or two has the, has the, the fam stopped. At, you know, now they, now they're like, maybe he can, maybe he can really pull this off. But everybody wants to know like what parts of Sam, the main character is like real lived yeah. experience. And what I found in my development as a filmmaker was that whenever I had a project that was sort of the journal entry that I wouldn't want anyone else to read, mm -hmm. that was the movie that ended up being successful. When I wow. messed around and I was just being goofy, I had a great time. I sure. loved those projects. <laughs> but other people would be like, yeah, that was that was nice, you know. Was some. <laughs> but if I if I put down the thing, even if I didn't outright say, this is what I'm feeling and this is who I am naked for the world to see, people can feel that. And so what I did was I took the feelings that I have about my epilepsy and I presented those as raw and as, you know, fundamentally truthful as I could. All those feelings are real. I did go to prom. However, everything else about the character are, are it's people that I know. So mm -hmm. while no one I know was stuck in a bathroom on prom night, sure. the idea that something else is going, outside, going on outside that door that is being denied to you, that you are not allowed to have, and it's not your fault. You just can't do it. And all those other kids are going to take it for granted is heartbreaking and so there are little things like sam has shoulders that dislocate because he's had so many seizures like that's that's real the fear of having something goes wrong and worse than your own personal safety is i don't want to tell my parents because i don't want them to be scared that's a very very real thing or i don't want to i don't want to get in trouble um having to explain something about yourself and being worried it's it's even worse being judged for it than talking about it that's all very real and i chose prom because it's a universal meeting place common ground where almost everybody looks forward to that almost everybody really looks forward to that experience and and thinks fondly of that experience even if they have a terrible time at prom they want to go right 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 um, yeah and for this character it's worse to miss out than to go even though he knows he's probably going to have a seizure there. Yeah. I mean, and I ended up meeting people who told me like, oh my God, this is a documentary about my life. Wow. <laughs> like this, this actually happened to me. I went, I knew I was going to have a seizure, but I, I had to go. Oh, I had to go. Yeah. I that Well, and 
that just kind of goes back to a few truths, which you're, you know, you, we've already talked about, which is like the limit, limited opportunities for yeah. people with epilepsy that a lot of people take for granted, you know, myself included. It's like sometimes, you know, when I'm feeling well and I get to go for a run outside, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, Oh, this is rough. And I was like, you know, get, you are lucky to be out here. Stop it. You know, kind of have to like scold myself back into gratefulness sometimes, but, um, which I don't know how healthy that is. So, but then I just love how you said it was the journal entries. And it was, you know, which is where we are the most vulnerable, where we don't, it's just for us to write out. It's just for us to, you know, get get on a page and get out and work through. And that's what you based so much of the film off of. And that was your successful film because it resonated. And I, it just goes back to, you know, we keep hearing this over and over, um, but just the strength and vulnerability, right. And what, and not only, you know, cause because for so long it's been misjudged as being a weak thing in people. And now it's like, it takes so much strength to be vulnerable. And then I have to, you know, say the strength to then be like, and I'm gonna base all this vulnerability off of a film is pretty, that's, it's pretty amazing, especially in just watching how successful it became because it's like, yep. It's wild. Mm -hmm. It's really wild. Cause what happened was, the way this all came about was I was working at a camp for kids who had seizures, mm. right? And I I worked there for seven years as a counselor. And oh, wow. it was the most important experience of my life because I didn't want to go. And when I went, um, all these kids who, you know, were they, – they were just lovely, quote, unquote, regular kids – and they had been denied that experience. And a lot of them thought they had this rare disease where they were the only one in the world. And being able to see, look around and see other living, breathing people that just understood for the first time in their whole life, they don't have to explain that to anyone. They don't have to, they don't have to reveal anything about themselves. It's just, oh, the world just gets it. And then we would get, I'd get up on a stage and show the camp video and be like, please, please give money to this this experience because we're we're dealing with stigma and every time we talk about stigma we're in a room full of people that already get it and we have no means of talking to the outside and getting them to listen and really care about it and what i realized was we could talk about all we want but when you show that video people put their forks down and they start listening and i went oh my goodness i've never seen a movie about someone like me what if i could create sort of that camp experience where these it just having been represented properly, people wouldn't be afraid of this anymore. And I know that it's true because we have there's other communities who they, they've broken their own stigmas by putting their stories out there. Um, you know, the prime example is, you know, the LGBT community is um you know, it, it all really started with these like underground movies that eventually became uh a subject of culture where brands and studios, they can't, they can't move forward unless they acknowledge those voices anymore. And my thought is like, wow, I think, you know, we don't even have to get that far. We're five or 10 really, really impactful movies away Mm -hmm. from a completely different conversation because we can give all the speeches we want, 
up there at galas full of people who already understand epilepsy, but one movie that hits 10 million people on Netflix would be an instant game changer. So I had no idea that this short would get as far as the general public. And all of a sudden there's fan art every single day from kids who are like, I don't even have epilepsy. I'm just really curious about this. I liked the story. And you have, families who one of the most important experiences of this whole thing it was incredible this family uh, this woman had experienced really really awful horrid stigma and just would not talk about it but what she could do is she got a zoom call together with everyone in her circle and showed the film she did not appear on camera and she just had her husband say my wife wants you to know that her experience is like this and that's all we have to say oh your film is speaking for people, it not just wild. to them, but for them. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So you um, have to just be like, what is happening? Like, this is so yeah. incredible. And it wasn't my idea. You know, like I, I, I did this little thing <laughs> and then I went, here, it's yours now. Yeah. Do it, do with it what you will. Mm-hmm. And other people had the ideas for what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's never been anything like it. Cause the only, th- the only place we see the, the reason we have stigma, there's, there's a historical aspect of just people being afraid of something that looks scary, yes. but it's the only time you've seen a seizure is watching a hospital show or yeah. a horror movie. Mm-hmm. You've been, you've already developed a perception before you've seen one in real life. Yep. But if your first point of reference is, oh, I've felt those feelings you're going to deal with it differently. Consider Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is a really scary thing to go through for families mm-hmm. and, for, and for patients. It's terrifying. But every time you ever watch a movie with a character who is elderly, they got memory issues. <laughs> they say funny things at the dinner table. They repeat themselves. You've yep. seen it before mm-hmm. and you feel it. Yeah. So your first response when you see someone who's really going through that or you hear that someone's family member's going through it is instantly not, oh, God, oh, scared. You know, right. Wow, you're that's not scared really of it. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. You're, so that's what you I feel empathy or compassion or one of those warm feelings. I don't know about you, but I, like I can I found since my epilepsy, I just like elderly people and I just click because we can relate so hard. Especially when it comes to memory stuff, you know, mm-hmm. they'd be like, I don't know what I yesterday. I'm like, oh, me either. I'm like, I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah. You know, and they're like, I go to bed at eight. I'm like, oh, me too. <laughs> I just feel like there's like this community that I've found with the elderly. Yeah, um, I get that too. I get it. Yeah. So, okay. You mentioned earlier, you said, you know, that there was some sh- sort of shift though in your epilepsy journey. Mm-hmm. What, what was that shift for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I remember being on the playground, you know, as a little guy and just going like, you guys, my brain is wild. It does this thing (laughs) that your brain doesn't do. It shocks itself. It electrocutes itself. And I miss a couple. So isn't that, isn't that why, isn't that crazy? And they'd go like, whoa. And I was really fortunate that nobody ever, I didn't have a doctor that was like, listen, Miles, like, don't tell anyone, which a lot of people go through that. I didn't have parents that said, like, don't tell anyone. So I didn't really realize, I had a couple run-ins where people treated me, you know, with disrespect, but 
Yeah. But I, I, if I got bullied, it was for other stuff. You know, <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I was a theater kid, so you know, that comes with all kinds of other stuff. So, <laughs> so then all of a sudden, you know, high school's brutal. High school's rough. There are periods where you have your identity crisis of who who am I? I'm trying to figure myself out. I remember in my first year of high school, I wore a different colored hat for each day of the week. Like, I don't know. I'm just, what's my thing? What's my thing, you know? And it's it's a rough, rough time. And my seizures were getting a lot more complicated and a lot worse. And medications for seizures are often really, really brutal really, really hard on your body. And so on top, and I'm having side effects from that. So just being a kid is getting really, really hard. And I am starting to miss out on the little things. And at first it goes unnoticed. Some people don't drive a car until later. It's fine. You know, you just don't. Sure. But then all of a sudden this thing happens where my friends come back from college and they say, I say, what's new? They say, oh, I went on this trip. Um, you know, I went to this, I went to Italy for a couple of days, you know, and then, and then we took a train to me and my girlfriend, we took a train to, you know, France or whatever. Like, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Tell me about that. How was that? Like, oh, it was, it was cool. It was great. Yeah, it was cool. Like, it was cool when I'm at a gas station in the passenger seat and I see someone pumping their own gas, I go, I would kill to do, to, to load my groceries into my own car. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. to go to Mm -hmm. France alone or with like my girlfriend or something like that's holy. That's, that's important. And it was great. It was cool. That's all you have to say about it. And then they look back at you and they say, so what's new with you? Or worse, this is the hardest question I've ever been asked as a, as someone entering my 20s. Miles, what is the craziest thing you have ever done? And to either of those questions, I didn't know what to say. Because mm-hmm. the craziest thing I'd ever done that year might have been, I had a really good morning and I made scrambled eggs all by myself. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I'm really fortunate that my horizons have broadened a lot since then, but it's uh, heartbreaking. Those days are, it's, it is, it's so heartbreaking. And I understand that, but those days that you make the scrambled eggs, are, you're like, fuck yeah, I just did it. <laughs> right. You know, it, like this is, but yeah, I'm but cosplaying it, as a normal per, you know, like I, yeah. <laughs> I'm LARPing as regular. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like and it is oh i so i i get it and but like when i think that perspective happens you know for like what's normal and what's happening with your peers um yeah it can feel like um like i remember for me it was like uh when i was finally able to change toilet paper roll like, cause I finally had the energy to do it. I remember just looking at that thing and being like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm so tired. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And then I did it and I was like, yes, toilet paper roll has changed, you know, like, 
And it's not silly, but it's like it's it's a it's the small wins that sort yes. of send a message of like I can, I can today I can. Yes, totally. Yeah. Totally. And it's like we don't want to take away from those small small wins, but then when someone's like, "Well, I went to France," you're like, "Change the toilet paper roll." <laughs> like, what are you supposed yes. to say? And you don't want to say, and I and I didn't want to say it. Just be like, "Oh, you know, same," you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, I would love at that moment, I would have loved to say like this, I had this moment and it was so special to me and to have someone go like, man, that is great. That is fantastic. Air five, you know, but it's not going to be received that way. And the other thing that's tough when, you know, you're dis I'm not saying it's easier when your disability is, is, is physical and can be seen on you, but the nuance of, I mean, I, I look fine yeah. I look fine and it, like on top of that you know like I'm a white male like it's <laughs> like look at me right like, and yeah. it, when you start listing off like I I can't do this I'm sorry I can't do that you get a lot of people going like man stop like you're yeah. you're putting you're making yourself this way you're putting yourself in a crate like oh totally like, just stop complaining like yeah, you're fine right. you know Right. And they may not say it, but you can read it there because yeah. it's, and another thing is inviting like, you. Cause they're like, well, you're just going to say no. And it's like, or you yes, fear but, that. Yeah. yeah. That's yep. rough. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start to notice, you know, your friends behave a little different around someone else. But it, the biggest thing for me was, was finally developing a sense of confidence of who I am outside of this, mm. because being able to answer that question, this is what I think this whole conversation has been about. Being able to answer that question without getting into your condition yes. is a major, major win. So being able to say, like, I'm a filmmaker and this is what I do and I'm really proud of it and I think you should hear about it because it's cool, you know? Yeah. But uh, but I, I still struggle with that because now I'm an advocate and doing stuff, cool stuff like this with you is a huge part of who I am and something I'm really proud of that I'm sort of taking this thing that was so horrible and made it something that I feel great about. But yeah. when you first meet someone, even though I'm 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 an open book, I'll talk about epilepsy until the cows come home if you want me to. It's like, is this really the icebreaker that I want to start with? You know, what, do you, <laughs> what do you do, Miles? Like I'm on the board of two epilepsy foundations. <laughs> Oh, why? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I made a movie. What's it about? You know, yeah. <laughs> first dates are so hard. Oh, like I, I understand because it's like it would be like, well, uh, so what do you do? I have a podcast. What's it about? <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. What is like how how has dating been for you? Like, um, I mean, like anything else, it's like everybody has to sort of figure it out. But it, it's, you know, what's an interesting one is that now that I'm sort of on this journey and I'm a public speaker and like mm-hmm. I fly around and, and get paid to talk, like it's great. I it's, yeah. it's a dream job. It's wonderful. But it also means you can look me up. Yes. I, and I understand that. I, well. yeah. And I, so I've, I've had, you know. I remember, you know, waking up one day and being like, you know, things are really taking off for me, but I also face a lot of, and everybody has this, but I face a lot of conversation where things are going really well. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm busy. I'm like, really? 
Mm. Oh, they, it's usually like right after the, so like, tell me more about what you do conversation. And it's like, if they can Google my first name and they can Google the title of my movie or they can Google epilepsy or they can Google um, even like filmmaker at this point, which is enough. Like I could have, I could have left it out of the conversation entirely. Yeah. Going to come up. And then if they don't want to ask, it's tough. And so I'm lucky, like, you know, I've, I feel like I'm past that now and, and, and things are very good, but, um, but it's, I feel like it's kind of, everybody doesn't love getting ghosted, but I can't help but feel like, um, but that, that was part of it, you know? And again, now oh, I, yeah. now yeah, I definitely I'm, had I'm that happy. experience too. I feel like we all have had like at least one or two experiences where, it's like it was the epilepsy and people be like no it wasn't you're like no like i know when it is i know when it's not you know um and for me like i don't i just don't drink because of my epilepsy just to Same. make things yeah. easier it just makes some people do and that's great and i support you it's just my choice not to drink but i don't know if that becomes an issue for you on sure. dates as well because some people are like well i don't want to drink alone i'm like well then this might not work <laughs> yeah well because so. it's, it's a shortcut that's really really helpful where you can say like, like yeah. here's a thing that people do on first dates like boom so i was good right. at coming up with like creative stuff to do that's like not too much but it's you know shows a little bit of effort you know and and um love it yeah but it's it it, it takes so much work it takes so much more work and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, 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 it was, I, I did have a couple experiences of like, it's always like, Oh, you, do you want to get drinks? Like, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm not going to, um, you want to do this instead? Well, why? And there's this thing that people have too, of like, I don't trust people who don't drink. Yeah. What you know? is that? Like what? it's either a DUI <laughs> or it's an addiction thing or it's, um, <laughs> You know, or it's something else. It's always something yeah, else. It's all that's so weird. Like I've gotten that too. Like, um, and luckily it's before like I, I don't know, I just got to a point where I was like, I just have to say before we go out because I've there's too many times where I would go on the first date and they'd be like, Well, this is a problem for me. And I'm like, Okay, well, you just wasted a lot of time and energy and you don't understand how much energy this takes for me, not from you to get out here because I have epilepsy and these drugs are insane. So they are. Yeah, I've just always been like and now or I mean I've I've been in a relationship for a while now. Um and he's been awesome about it. He doesn't care. He actually went out and found every NA drink under the sun for me. And so <laughs> like I I was just drinking like, you know, bubbly water or whatever before and now there's like a plethora of NA drinks in our fridge. So um but like I don't know. I feel like just telling up front just to save save me time was what i went with at just yeah. some point it was just too much there's a lot of strategy it's um <laughs> it is it's, strategy it's, it's, you, you can't you have a choice you have a choice you can pass yep. mm-hmm. and hope that it, you're not in a position where you have to address it and it's not can't be read on you but maybe you don't have a tell like you're super tired and you're feeling brain fog and it's like i i'm you know and you don't you just can just hope that you don't have to address it and but at some point, someone's going to say, well, let me walk you back to your car. Where'd you park? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. here we go. And so it's really hard to get through. Like, Can I get a it, ride? <laughs> it becomes an art form to yeah. to answer that question uh, suave. Mm. You know, 
And uh, what is your suave also, way of answering that question? Well, I think it's the same. Um, it's in a way, it's the same as going back to that elementary school playground thing. Going mm. like, this is this is a uh, this is crazy thing that happens to my brain. I don't use those <laughs> words anymore. But but I've taken something that is the source of my pain. That's the thing that's the hardest about my life, and I've made it what makes me thrive i have i'm a public speaker i am a filmmaker i'm on the board of two epilepsy foundations Mm -hmm. i love it i'm so happy you know what i mean like i i made this into something that i have to say that and i can make a difference and i can i can do something to make sure that other people don't go through what i've been through and and that makes me more than happy to get out of bed in the morning Mm-hmm. And so being able to address it from that point of view of being like, Hey, this is, this is everything about me. And this is, you asked who I am. This is who I am. And it's as a result of this thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've also, I'm fortunate that I've gotten to this place where I don't know that I'd change it. I don't know that I would change it because who would I be? without it what i like what i what i be on on a path that i feel as good about as this one mm-hmm. and it came at a very big price it came at a very 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 big price um and i hope that it it is always you know as good as this but and it might not be the body changes mm-hmm. um but when you have a story you can say and you can answer those questions well life is just a little easier. And that's what I say to people. People say like, I just got diagnosed. What do I do? Well, pick something that you would like to know more about something you would like to be. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe you always wished you could start a garden and in your good hours, in that rare, good feeling, I changed the toilet paper hours <laughs> your time on that because then the, when am I, I'm, I have, epilepsy suddenly one day becomes position two and if you can get it to position three and maybe 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 just position four mm-hmm. it's, life is so much better you know life is so much better and okay that was just fucking beautiful miles it's <laughs> um, a start so thank you but it's just so as you were talking i was just thinking about how how many of our guests have shared that they've said you know that there's like some sort of gratitude for the condition of epilepsy, um, which I know I can relate to. And it's definitely waxes and wanes, you know, like the the day after a seizure, I'm not feeling too grateful, but I'm also like, it is kind of nice to rest today, you know? Um, But, and then just like, it's something that we're grateful for who it's turned us into, but at the same time, it doesn't define us. It's mm-hmm. just like, I feel like you're just spitting philosophy right now. Like, <laughs> like this is just, it's just, and I, and I feel like it's a resonating and repeating sort of theme among people living with epilepsy, which is yeah. just truly beautiful. And, um, I don't know. I just love it. And I appreciate, I appreciate you so much for, you know, for sharing that part of us, part of yourself with us as listeners. And before before we hop off, though, I really want to hear about the feature, the long film, 
of under the lights i know that you know i know when films are being pre all the stuff that's a lot of stuff's hush hush so whatever you can tell us i would love to know you know how what's going on how we can support you and the film and what we can do if there's anything we can do to support you yeah so after the short was so successful it felt kind of i'd always wanted to make the full you know real movie movie Mm -hmm. um but it, it it you know i would have been crazy not to so I said, let's take it to the next level. You know, there's no, there's no reason why we can't make something that is, you know, a hit on, on streaming or have a theatrical run and make, you know, take this mainstream. So I wrote a script and it did very, very well. It got a a sweet little nod from the Academy and it, um, it won this award at Tribeca, um, for, for just the pitch alone and that really helped us out and then we i can't there's a strike happening so i um at the time of this recording i'd love it you know to but um there's you know there's a strike happening so i have to be careful about how we just want to be respectful studded cast of people who chose to be involved prior to all of this um we have a star studded cast that I will not reveal, but it will absolutely blow your mind of people who went, wow, this is important. I have to be a part of this. And um, we hope to shoot very, very soon. And we're going to have a crowdfunding campaign uh, awesome. early next year that you can keep your eye out for on our social channels at Under the Lights Film or on our website, underthelightsfilm.com. And if you put your email in, you'll get updates. And we're going to email in. Well, both URLs will be dropped in the description. All right. Yeah. So we're going to have a a little campaign to have our finishing funds so we can, we can do this very well. I spent the last many years uh, working to get in with my filmmaking heroes at it's called vanishing angle, which is my dream production company. Congratulations. Um, their, Their films play the top festivals in the world every single year. And I, they, I look up to them so much and they are producing. Um, so it's just this, there could not be a better team. Um, and we're going to, we're going to put a very real dent in this thing. And next time we can talk about, um, we can talk about that. Yes. Awesome. Miles, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, not only for the vulnerability you put out in your film, but it just in this last conversation, I'm just very Absolutely. appreciative. Yeah. And I know that our listeners are too. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much.